listening to Life, Death, and the Law, presented by Deason, Garner, and Hanson, the law firm that has been voted Yuma's best six years in a row. Welcome back. This is 560 AM KBLU Life, Death, and the Law. I'm Sean Garner, an attorney with Deason, Garner, and Hanson. And I'm in studio here with Adam Hanson and Cody Beeson and our special guest, Lana. Um, we want to get into, Lana, a little bit about what your position is. And I, I'm, I'm sure you feel yourself stuck a little bit in the middle because here in, in America and in Arizona in particular, we are very adamant that uh, Russia was the aggressor. They were in the wrong and they need to get out of Ukraine. And there really is no excuse or apology that, that's acceptable. Um, I know that it's more complicated than that. I realize that. And uh, you hear from your mother's point of view what's going on from Russia's standpoint. And you also live and breathe here in, in the United States. So where does that put you? What is your mentality with what's going on with the war? My mind understands. And as a person, as a human being, I think the war is wrong uh it was wrong of russia to wage a war no matter what reasons because even if it's for the noblest of reasons it's still so many people die uh, so many people get misplaced uh irreparable damage uh russians and ukrainians would never have uh, would never get their relationship and camaraderie and brotherhood back this is gone the, the bridge is completely broken between the two nations that are at one point, one nation, one big, happy people, well, happy, uh, quote unquote, mm -hmm. but united. Um, however, of course, I'm torn because uh, ultimately what President Putin wanted to do, that was his goal all along, ever since he was elected in 2000, is to, nobody, uh, they, they, they say in Russia, and it's a little, you know, pat on the back, Nobody wants to see Russia strong. Nobody wants to see Russia at its full potential because that would be just too dangerous. Uh, it it would be Russia would be a worthy opponent opponent to uh, the United States, and uh, I think you know nobody likes to have a strong opponent opponent in the ring. Everybody wants someone uh, who is weaker than them, and in that aspect, I feel really my heart cries for uh, Russia in. I don't think the world would ever look at Russia and by continuation at us Russians the same way. We would always be aggressors. We'd always be the bad guys. And unfortunately, as I mentioned before, it's not something that the people elected to do. It's single-handedly was Putin and a handful of his uh, closest, uh, you know, head honchos that decided to do this, to wage this war. And however, all Russians have to pay the toll. So Russia, majority of its economy was supported by exports of oil and oh. gas to Europe. And in, until the war, the United States was involved in that as well. But um, now it's exporting a lot of oil and gas to China and less and less to Europe. I don't know if it's actually shut off all exports to Europe. Uh, and when I talk about Europe, I'm talking about Germany in particular, Western Europe, um, UK. But... Uh, Nord Stream 2, let's get into that a little bit. Nord Stream 2 um, was a pipeline that was very controversial during the Trump era. Um, Trump said, no, we're not going to allow the pipeline to go forward. We put a lot of sanctions on um, the companies that were constructing it. And it is a Russian-owned company that was constructing Nord Stream 2. So um, he saw the danger in having more energy dependence by Europe on Russia 
But then um, when Biden was elected, Nord Stream 2 went forward full steam. And Biden and his administration all said if Russia invaded Ukraine or was an aggressor state, then there would be sanctions and there would also Nord Stream 2 would, would cease. And there were some follow-up questions. They were very easy questions by the press about, well, what do you mean by cease? How, how are you going to stop it if it, it's already in place? And, and the answer was it just will cease. So now Nord Stream 2 was completed. Um, it was ready to go. And Vladimir Putin specifically said to Germany, listen, we understand you're going into winter. We understand that there's a lot of fuel shortages. Um, you have put the sanctions on us. You have brought this upon yourself all these fuel shortages, we've got Nord Stream 2 ready to go. I All, all I have to do is flip the switch and you're going to have gas. So do you want to lift the sanctions? And then a couple days later, Nord Stream 2 is bombed. So the pipeline is 200 feet underwater. And of course, it's going to take a government actor to do this. It's not going to be just some terrorist organization that's mm-hmm. going to do this. It's going to be a government that's going to do it. Now, immediately, the United States and the media jumped on the story that said it was Russia. We don't know how, we don't know who, we don't know exactly what their means were, but mm-hmm. it was Russia that did it, and we're going to go with that. Well, it seems counterintuitive, and I know that this narrative has been out there, although suppressed somewhat. It's more of a right-wing narrative that is only on conservative talk shows, that uh, it doesn't really make sense. Why would Russia bomb the pipeline that is providing the biggest economic support for the country and the biggest leverage in negotiating negotiation for the war. So what are your thoughts uh, just coming from that standpoint? And, and um, Well, I read about it and uh, Russia blames the UK Navy. For UK? The UK Navy. Of course, uh-huh. UK uh, denies everything. However, I did think about it. And yeah, it would not be in Russia's best interest to blow up its last bidding chip. A lot was writing on that pipeline. A lot was writing on the fact that Russia was ready to send gas towards, you know, Germany and uh, the whole lot of other Western Europe countries. So I don't think that President Putin and Russia in whole would be that ridiculous. Would be that. Uh, what do they blinded. stand to gain in in exactly, doing that? Yeah, uh, they don't stand to gain any anything. We have to think about who stands to gain. Right. Something. That's putting Russia even lower in its financial struggle. And who would benefit from that? Europe and us. So now with the war raging, um, it, all of the airlines except for two in, in Europe have shut down access to flights to go in and out of Russia. Oh, I know. And so what does it look like for you being able to get back and visit family? I looked at the prices and just in case, because I still have an open visa and God forbid something happens to any of my family, I would, you know, I would like to go back and you have to fly through Turkey, yeah. uh, several uh, layovers and the price for a ticket, I think it's between three and $4,000 now. And it takes up to four days. Is that round trip? Yes. But still, it's extremely expensive. Last time I flew, it was maybe 1300 1500 for the round trip. Right. And I'm looking at um, some statistics here that show there's two actual flights out of Russia, one to Turkey and the other is to Belgrade. And they are for one way tickets out of Russia. They're even more expensive. They're 9000 euros. Oh, my gosh. And as far as 
exiting Russia, it's very difficult to get out of Russia. All the Western European countries, all of them have shut their borders to um, individuals who want to leave Russia. Mm -hmm. So even if you have a passport, even if you have a visa, you can't leave Russia into Western Europe. You can leave Russia into Eastern Europe, into... Um, Let's see here. What Uzbekistan, countries? Tajikistan, Azerbaijan, I'm sure. Yes. Belarus through there. Well, yes, you could go through Belarus, but you couldn't get out of Belarus. I mean, illegally, I'm sure you could. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, the but, waters but, are but the butters are shut as far as legal yeah. transportation, getting on the highway, packing your car with your belongings, yeah. and, and driving through the countryside. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kazakhstan, uh, Georgia, Armenia. Those are the countries that are allowing free travel from Russia, but that's in Eastern Europe, and you still have a ways to go if you want yeah. to get to Western Europe. Unless you hike out to backpack through the mountains. So what does that make you feel when you hear how difficult it is for individuals to get out of Russia and how many people are trying to flee? There's already been over a million people that have documented being, yeah. um, leaving Russia. Um, do, do you ever think that your family would, would consider that? No, they would never consider that. Well, my sister won wanted to leave Russia for business reasons because she thinks that she would, you know, thrive business-wise more uh, either in Europe or in the United States. But my parents would never leave. They don't speak any other language. They have no source of income other than provided by the Russian government. And I think they're in the same boat as a lot of elderly people, elderly folk living in Russia. Uh, they don't have to be conscripted. Mostly people fleeing are those with prior um, military experience mm -hmm. and in that um favorable age that's being mobilized so they're the ones leaving but it makes me extremely angry that i have nothing to do again as i said i am i have not waged this war this is not my war if i wanted to see my mom my mom or my dad i would have to shell out four thousand dollars to fly and see them and god knows if they even allow i don't know if they would allow me with my visa maybe they would rego they re revoke my visa to go visit them who knows? I would definitely don't want to try. So just on a note to finish up here. So in the New York Marathon that just happened yesterday, there was a lot of... Controversy? Well, there, there, there was um, individuals that were attempting to ban citizens that were from Russia or Belarus from participating in the marathon just because of their, their citizen status. Mm -hmm. They're basically condemning all of the individuals that live in those countries or are citizens of those countries because of the actions of their leaders. That is, to me, mind-blowing. It, it, it's right up there with racist, right? It's something that you are being judged for that has nothing to do with your actual actions. But just because of where you came from... Mm -hmm. The cover of your passport, the color of your passport, yes, basically. That you're going, being discriminated against. So just thoughts on that well doesn't make me happy it makes me a little angry and frustrated and for do, do you find any um, pushback in the community in general because you're Russia does anybody look at you as a villain thankfully I feel that the human community has been nothing but nice to me I, I thought that I and I was afraid that I would get some you know lashback because of my um, you know where I come from my um, country my origin and we've uh, had a history of doing that I mean we did that to the Japanese in World War II I mean not just not just looking at them differently but we put them in internment oh, yes. camps and, yeah 
their ghettos and you know the the form of ghettos that was here in the United States. Yeah, they were, they were they were they were camps that they were yeah. barbed wire fans. They could not leave. Yeah, no, I mean I'm I have been lucky not to experience uh, any negativity, at least not to my face again. Um, and I have you know I pick up on the vibes pretty well. I'm an empath, so I don't think anyone has wished me bad, uh, which I've been very grateful. And I've, I've I've felt nothing but accepted here by the human people, by my hiking hiking community in Arizona in general. So, well, and just the last comment for our listeners out there: think about what you would feel if you traveled throughout Europe or any part of the world, and you were judged on actions of the president or past actions of the country. It's unfair, and it, it, and it's it it's essentially it's a version of racist or bigotry because you're being judged based on actions that were outside of your control and uh so that there's no room for that and uh i appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your feelings and i'm glad that the yuma community has seen with with open eyes the reality of the situation and uh hopefully there is a peaceful negotiation in the future i hope so too thank you for having me that's all the time that we have today this is 560 am kblu life death and the law If you have questions or want to know more about something that was discussed today, please call the law firm of Deason, Garner & Hanson at 928-783-4575 or visit yumaestateplanning.com.